You're listening to the Blair List Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Blair List Podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode because I have one of my favorite people and most stylish, Alexis Nicole. Yay! I'm so excited for her to be here because she has such amazing experience in the fashion world and being just an all-around creative and creative director. I mean, like the depth just goes on and on. So I'm excited to introduce you guys to her if you don't know her already, and hopefully you get some gems from this conversation from this amazing and inspiring woman. Oh, Blair. (laughs) I know my mom is listening. So, hey, mom, what's up? Shout out, mom. I miss you. (laughs) So on this podcast, we like to start at the beginning. Where are you from and what did you want to be when you grew up? I was born and raised in Miami. I grew up in Iowa and I honestly wanted to be, this is so embarrassing. I literally wanted to be a backup dancer, like in a music video. Why is that embarrassing? Because I thought that was so far-fetched, like when I would be like dancing in my room because I was a dancer. But then as like I continued on too, there was just so many outlets to be like a fashion editor. I loved like publication and magazine, like the Miami Herald. So I really loved the idea of being a journalist too. So either dancer or a journalist. So you were just born a creative, basically. I think so. <laughs> you have it in it you. It was like my calling. Yeah. I think I think that's what I always based kind of how I know what my purpose is, is like you just wake up and you're good at something. And I think that's what really pushes you to kind of live your pinnacle, to just like really push your talent and your skill. I agree. I think like yeah. when you're born for something yeah. or you know that that's what you want to do, it kind of just comes naturally to you. Yeah. So you actually do have a strong dancing background. I want to get into that for a second. Talk to me about how that influenced you. I was a very disciplined dancer. I was trained in the arts. I went to every type and style of dance. I was technical ballet, jazz, tap, Broadway, musical influence. And I just loved costume design Like as I progressed as well like in age. And just, I was so fascinated by production in the sense of like being a dancer and influencing like your costume to like the set and just like the music and everything else. And um, I just really thought that that would push kind of like the boundary for me to step outside of the box a little bit. Like what else could I do? Um, So it really influenced a lot of technical skill. Like there were so many outlets to just like being a dancer and like how you presented yourself to the world and the stage and like kind of stepping out of your body and like being a performer and entertainer, um, which is I think why now I can utilize that with style or like how I express myself like through clothing, which really helps me now, I think, at the age that I'm in. Which like, by the way, guys, I wish you could see what she's wearing right now. Like I can't even stand next to her in public. Her style is so good. Like every time I see her, it's just like, so you, I can't explain it. It's just so on point. And I I just love that about you because I feel like as a true creative, it kind of just like comes out of you and everything that you do and like the way that you carry yourself, the way that you dress. Mm -hmm. And it's like a reflection of how you feel and who you are. And I just aspire to be like that. I love 
<laughs> how you have like your own signature style and you stay true to that no matter what. That's like who you are and you're unapologetic about it. And that's just yeah. like you all day. I mean, I definitely dress for like mood. Like that's kind of what I always centered my, I guess, energy around. Like how I felt that day is how I was going to express it through through clothing. Whether it was going to be like a sweatsuit and I'm going to dinner like with friends or just... I wanted to like wear a fur one day just because I just wanted to wear a fur. <laughs> um, but I always utilized, I guess, clothing to just like to just express how I was going through the motions. Right. Is the best way to say it. I love that. And it's really interesting because you were born in Miami, but you actually grew up in Iowa. Yeah. And <laughs> what a culture shock. What a culture shock. And you actually studied fashion design at Iowa State. What made you want to get into design? I was just fascinated with... So in Iowa, you don't have a lot of access to kind of anything. So I was just obsessed with the idea of where could I get the latest Vogue? What other magazines could I get? And the nearest mall was like 30 miles into a different town. And it was like not a very glamorous mall. It was like Carhartt. And like now it's cool, but... At the time, it wasn't it. So the nearest, like, cool, like, maybe in high school, maybe Forever 21 was, like, an hour and a half away. The nearest Louis Vuitton was, like, five hours in Chicago. So I always utilized, like, publication and print to kind of, like, guide me. So I was always fascinated by the idea of sustainability. Like, what could I get and turn it into something which really helped with design? The thing is, is that I couldn't focus enough because I just had so many ideas that I couldn't really like pattern make. So I got bored and I, it was too tedious for me. I just like the idea of like wearing something and like kind of creating a look. Whereas like fashion design is very, it's meticulous. It's very detail oriented, which isn't any of those things that I'm not. It was just too time consuming for me. I just wanted to like wake up, get dressed. Like if I didn't like this t-shirt long, like could I crop it? Like, can I wear a turtleneck underneath it? Like that was kind of the go-to rather than like, I'm going to sew this pattern. And then I have to tell you about the inspiration for the collection. And for me, it just didn't suit who I was. So I think that's kind of the all around why even now I'm so into sustainability and just being able to like, what can I make out of this? Like if I got a tote bag, like, can I make a crop top? Like I also didn't have access to a lot of things. So it helped me utilize that, I guess. And then by college I was like, this is not it. Like this is just not it. (laughs) Right. And you ended up moving back to Miami and you're really, I mean, I feel like giving you a title isn't really fair because you do so many different things. So I'm just going to say that you're a creative director of life. Yeah, we love that. (laughs) I think that's fair. I think so. So how did you get into this industry when you ended up coming back to Miami? I studied school here in Miami um, at the Art Institute. I was studying fashion merchandising and I was just like kind of ditty bopping around. Miami was like super popping like at that time when I had moved back. So I knew kind of school, again, wasn't for me. And so I just kind of wanted to get into the workforce. So I was just like a little mixy, like hot heat, you know, top three, Wade, LeBron, um, Chris Bosh. Like it was just popping for basketball. And I got a job actually at a boutique, not that far away from the arena. And I worked at Core for... I think about like three and a half years where I was like styling and doing all of their social media. Instagram wasn't what it is now. And it was like creating like a 
kind of like a marketplace to like showcase style and just clothes. And I would just meet so many different women that would just like pop in. Fashion Nova didn't exist. So boutique, like personal styling and just having that relationship with each person that came into like the boutique was very healthy. And it was just like very personable to like gain kind of personal style from people. And so I started within that and just kind of like met just basketball wives, incredible influential women in Miami, um, CEOs, anchor women, uh, news reporters, um, just top tier women of Miami. And I just really pushed, I guess, the limit on what we could do for their look. Like as a boss bitch, can I swear? Yes. Oh, I can. <laughs> Creating a look and just like getting women to feel good about whatever else they were taking on in their day was like very important to me. I was very uh, aware of like their lives and who was in their lives and what they needed to present themselves to as well. And I kind of just networked really, really well um, by gaining personal relationships with them. And I was kind of like really in their like in their shit. Like, where are you going? What, you can't wear that. That's not it. Like, my, they need to know who you are. And so it started there, and it just kind of, like, elevated and escalated so quickly that I was just, like, on Deco Drive, like, once a month or every other week doing blogs with Shireen Sandoval and um, doing shows on Oxygen and, like, The Real Housewives of Miami for Bravo. And so I got into a lot of just outside just boutique work and more into production and just personal style for like TV and how different that was as well. Like dressing for green screen is much different than like going to a party or like sitting courtside at the basketball game. So it, it really enhanced my depth to styling a hundred percent. Totally. Which is so funny because Jacqueline and Alexis, my sisters, um, we met you at core yeah. boutique, like that's a throwback eight, literally eight years ago, which is so crazy. I actually forgot that I met you there. Cause I feel like yeah. I just, I saw you around so much after that. It seemed like right, an afterthought, right. but I remember you being like, okay, where are you going? Like, are you wearing that? Nope. Got to change right. it. Like, I just remember us going, where's Alexis today? Which location is she at? Like we have to go to wherever <laughs> location that is because you were just like so much fun to be around. And we always felt like you wanted to help us feel our best. It wasn't yeah. about like what we were wearing and more about how the clothes made us feel. Yeah, totally. I think that's just like the ultimate mood is like, it's never really about what you put on. It's like how you feel when you wear it. Yeah. And I think that's what indicates like my personal style and how I like to showcase that through clothing because I could be wearing the latest, I guess, sneakers, but the entire fit is Goodwill. And so, and then the bag is like a vintage, you know, throwback from archive of like, you know, my grandmother's or like a Chanel that I've like thrifted and, or bought at a consignment store, like just bought like randomly in like Albuquerque, New Mexico, like traveling. Like I just love the idea of how something made me feel while either one, I was wearing it or traveling somewhere where I could like discover this. And then knowing the background of like, where did that come from? Like, there's so many pieces that I own where I'm like, this is so cool. Like, shredded jackets, leather jackets, tassels, but I know that there's history behind it. Or just different pieces that now I, like, embody and I can utilize with clients or on set or just bringing back different memories that people have. I think feeling something is always kind of top tier. I love that. How important is networking and relationship building in this industry? 
It's super, super important. Um, and I think it's kind of like a struggle that we have where you have to identify yourself, like to just be so authentic, which is very true to the networking aspect of it. Because we get jaded by like who we're supposed to be instead of who we really are. Mm. And who we present ourselves as as well, like on Instagram or on any social platform where we kind of also embody different aspects of ourselves. We use Twitter for certain things, but we might showcase different um, elements of ourselves, whether it's photo or like shoe pics or shoe cam or just different pieces. And when you take that social platform that you've kind of created yourself with and you put it into the workforce or like when you're at events or you know, just different job interviews or just sets that you're on. I always felt like it was so important to just like be organic, be authentic and just be you because the person that you're portraying to be has to show up. You always have to show up as your true self. So I always thought that that was so important, um, especially in the industry, kind of every industry, they all kind of merge music, art, fashion, um, especially in Miami. Yeah. Like it's just like such a big thing for us to have like such a great foundation to like merge all of these cultures together too. We're so international. Agreed. I which think. is like so dope. Yeah. I think. So what does authenticity mean to you? Authenticity means kind of what you had described to me, which I was like so shocked to hear <laughs> from you. I honestly, I, I truly feel authenticity is the self-expression of genuinely being who you are when no one else is around you because I think that is your truest form and if you're afraid to show that to the rest of the people you'll never be what God intended you to to kind of show and um I love that especially how like we can go back and like remember that is why it's so important to be like true. <laughs> no, it's it's funny like how how people meet each other and how their relationships blossom outside of yeah. like a boutique that we met That's in. That's so weird too to think about. But I remember. I genuinely forgot about that until we were talking and I'm like, oh my God, no, that's how I, I know you. Yeah. And then we would just like be out in the mix and I kind of like always remembered like I would just go out and I was just always like that girl that like didn't really look like she belonged at the party or at but the like restaurant. But like in the best way because you have such a unique yeah. style that it's like you always stayed true to yourself. You yeah. always expressed how you felt in that moment. Like one day you might dress a little more girly. Another day you might be like yeah, totally. wearing, you know, sneakers and a hoodie. Like, but yeah. you still always have that like swag. It's kind of like an inner thing, you it know, is. where it's like, it will come out, but at the same time, like you always remain the same, no matter what it, what you yeah. are wearing, but you use fashion as like a vehicle to express yeah. yourself. Because I felt that just, I had gone through so many things in my life where I felt like fashion and clothing was like an escape where like, you can just kind of put anything on and just be that person. You can embody this look, you can embody like looking higher class without having social status like that or the accessibility factor of it, where I wouldn't be able to have the full Louis Vuitton look at 16, but I was like, how can I recreate this with the Carhartt and with the just like this vintage jacket from like my grandfather's like closet and re kind of just repurpose it for something yeah. else. Yeah. And so when you're able to do that as well, you're able to kind of step out of body and be someone you're not. 
And I think that also kind of helped me escape all of the things I was going through and going on in my life and just like just personal trauma and everything else that I had just, you know. Yeah. I think that the experiences that we have in our lives shape us. And I think that it definitely indirectly shapes our style and how we show up in the world, whether it's, yeah, whether it's like in business or in personal relationships, I think your style is an extension of your personality, which is shaped by things that you go through. It's so cliche because I always like read this like stupid, it's not stupid, but I always read this like very cliche, like the fir- your first impression when anybody were to see you is the way that you look. And it's not necessarily based on your beauty or your ethnicity or anything like that. It's like, what are you wearing? And I think that's so cool, though, too, to be like, I, I always have this, like, I wonder what their story is. Mm-hmm. Like, what was, like, the initial maybe inspiration for this look? Because I, I, I love... I love traveling to other places and seeing cultural differences, not through economy purposes, but because of fashion. Like the accessibility also in the marketplace is so different than what we have in Miami, our climate control, the way we dress for body or whatever we have, I guess, going on seasonal compared to like Iowa or LA or New York, which is again, different fast pace. Like we get in the car, we turn on the air and we're like scooting along (laughs) and we can wear whatever. But in New York, you're dressing in like 30 degree weather, you're layered, but you're wearing the jacket open because you want to let everybody know that, you know, you're wearing your kith set underneath. So it's like such a lifestyle to embody, to just throw on and be you or be whoever you want to be. I always thought that was so cool. Like it it really Mm. is your first like this is who I am. <laughs> it's how it's how you present yourself to the world yeah. and to people that you meet. Totally. So next time you see Alexis, you better come correct. Oh my you, gosh, stop. If you know that she's showing up, you better wear your best fit. Oh my gosh. I love, yeah. <laughs> you know I'm right. I You're going to be like, oh bit. God, what is she wearing? No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Kind of, yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of. How did you go from women's wear to men's wear? I was always fascinated, I think, by the idea of menswear, like the strong suit of it to just be able to wear menswear clothes. Again, the Iowa, I think the Iowa bridge for it, like my dad never wanted me to wear like girl jeans because it was like too bootylicious or like, Mm -hmm. you know, like mud jeans or like flare. So I was like wearing Wranglers like in high middle school, high school with like Doc Martens. And I just kind of was like, this would be cool. And I embodied it with my personal style. And then I was like, it would kind of be cool to dress guys. Um, And I always felt that the tailoring of menswear was always much better than women's wear as I progressed in life. Like as I got into more stores or I was working with more women, I found that a lot of fitting for clothes was just not it. And I would have to substitute like a nice button down shirt for a woman in menswear. And so I bridged the gap really when I got into streetwear and I wanted to just like kind of experiment with the menswear. Yeah. Do you, what do you think the biggest difference is with, cause I'm sure you wear like some guy or some men's pieces as well. I literally own more men's pieces. Yeah, I pieces feel like you shop in the I men's do. section at Zara probably. I do. Yeah. Because they so do bad. have better stuff anyway. Yeah, they kind of do. Yeah. Um, even though I'm totally against fast fashion. But, but you know what I mean. Zara is an example. Yes, like the men's section, totally. period. 
I just, I don't know what it was about. I think it just, it goes back to, I guess, like, because I studied fashion and I was just so mesmerized by like tailoring and like fashion houses and how they had men designing women's wear. So I think it was a lot more like articulate. Um, and I always thought that they pushed tailoring, especially like, again, you, it's historic. It goes back to like, like the quote unquote golden age where like men were higher in social class. They had more money, like, you know, but then you look at meticulous like detailing and like corsets and whatever. So to me, I always was like, how could I wear the corset, but wear the comfortable, you know, like button up on top. And so I guess that was kind of just how I wanted to express anything. And so fits were kind of more developed in menswear than they are in women's wear. Yeah, and it's harder now. Um, women body is much different than the male body. Way like, different. It's just like very, no offense to the male population, but it's very lank, you know, lanky. There's no like thickness to it. There's no like robust. Form fitting. Yeah, there's no yeah. like. It's very loose. That's just what it is. Yeah. It's like a shirt you get in a small, <laughs> medium, or large and that's it. There's no bust to it. There's no like, you know, you get more technical once you get like into tailoring and suiting and more classic pieces, but not for everyday wear. Mm-hmm. So I was always like. Yeah. This is not it. Yeah, I could see that. What do you think is the biggest misconception about being a creative or working in a creative field? Not every idea is a bad idea. That I truly feel that once you embody, especially for me, the way that I like to create, is I like to build it off personal experience. And I like just it to feel something, it to have meaning. So not everything is what the other person is going to expect from whatever you're delivering. And I also feel like explanation kills art. So within that, it kind of balances what I interpret this to be, whereas you might take it as something else because we've both experienced different heartbreak or promises or jobs or anything that we've kind of maybe struggled through or we've enjoyed. And it's hard to push an idea that you don't believe in because you've been the only person to experience it. But there's so many other people that'll see something like that and it'll resonate with them, whether it's color or location or just music. I mean, like I said, everything is so merged now and it's so wonderful to be a creative as a whole where you can counterpart all of those things and factor it in. But the main thing is that not every idea is like, it's not bad. It's not wrong. It's not, it's just art. It's just a personal experience for you that you are able to create and share with other people. That was beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That was so good. I totally agree. I think that, I mean, you are super creative and you have your hands in a bunch of different things. Like you make the best playlists I do, right? You do. I love your playlists. My mood playlists. I love them. They're so chaotic sometimes, (laughs) but like it's totally a vibe. Yeah. And I think that like because you are naturally such a creative person, it kind of Mm. like, it kind of like leaks out into different types of art forms, right? Like you love music, so you'll make a playlist or you love clothing and you'll find something at Goodwill and then like make it your own and cut it up and bleach it and do all of those things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you as a whole are just 
super, you have that in you. Like that's super creativity that a lot of people don't really have. It's difficult for people to be creative sometimes. And it's weird because I always thought the opposite of myself. Like I always felt like I didn't, not that I didn't deserve to be embodied in this, but I always felt different. I always felt like the way I thought was not correct because I always took things a little too into detail. Like I always thought of things in a different way. Like it wasn't just like black or white. It was like more so like, why does this make you feel this way? Like I'll listen to a song or like I'll pass by something and I literally will take my phone out and I'll like mark the location because for whatever reason, the energy of it reminds me of something or I can listen to a track and like the coloring of like a house reminds me of something. And I guess I just live my day, I guess, a lot differently than people who drive the same way to work every day or they get the same coffee order from Starbucks or they just eat the same thing for breakfast. Like I'm just have never been that person. I've just woken up and been like, how do I feel? Like how can I set the perfect playlist to like work through the day? How can I set the vibe for this idea that I have or I want it to come to life? And I think that was just like so hard for me to kind of like understand about myself as a creative that like as you continue living your life and experiencing it, you're going to embody everything that comes with it, whether you want to or not. Um, which I think is really now 30 years old is like so dope. Like it's so cool to like have that reflective part of yourself to like, Oh, this reminded me of something. I want to create it and see if it resonates with anybody else. Like the little ticking time bomb thing that we were talking talking about, about. (laughs) which I think would be like so cool for like a marketing experience to like something you know to bring back but I think embodying it as a whole is like it's hard but and I think also just like accepting the fact that you're different and you're different so hard and you're different from what society wants you to be yeah because society (laughs) is very much like okay you go to college you graduate Mm -hmm. you get your degree you work in a corporate environment you climb up the ladder then you make it Mm -hmm. then you retire at 65 it's like that's the the track that life kind of puts you on yeah and like we're we're taught to like kind of live this formula right but like as an artist or as a creative like there is no formula there is no limit there is no like you feel more than you think yeah it's less about it's less analytical it's less like what's the next step it's more of like does this make me feel good and if it doesn't make me feel good I'm not going to do it yeah which is so different than someone who wakes up every day and has to show up for work so I agree with you. Feeling something and like doing it in that manner is like number one disciplined, which I think kind of helps because I think as a creative, you get off track. You don't know that business side to what you're supposed to kind of like module, but that discipline that you have from other creative aspects, me, I have a dance background or people who have athletic abilities, they come from a more disciplined area. Um, I just found out that Sheck West, like a favorite rapper of mine he just got drafted to the nba i saw that which i think and and so things like that are just so wild to me because there's so much different depth and versatility to to a person where you're like oh he's a dope artist like he's an amazing creative like his videos are sick he has great style hello he's a basketball player like he just got drafted like those are things that are so cool about being a creative as well you have so much diverse 
outlets to you. And it's also like, don't box yourself in a hundred percent and allow yourself to express yeah. yourself, even if it's in a different medium. Yeah. Like totally. just because you're a singer doesn't mean that you can't like paint Super. or do art or right. be a fashion designer. Like, I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with, especially a lot of friends of mine that are creatives. Mm-hmm. They're very much focused on one track. Like how can I be the best artist or painter that I need to be when in reality they actually want to, you know, do other forms of art and they feel kind of like they're betraying themselves Mm -hmm. because they have to be so focused on one thing to grow. But in reality, it's actually the opposite. You can do whatever you want if something moves Mm -hmm. you. And if you feel passionate about doing something else, then I think that you should go for it. I mean, look at Shaq West. He's a basketball player now. Yeah, isn't that sick? Which I saw that yesterday on Instagram, and I was like, are we talking about the same person? Yeah. And it's to me, that's something that's so incredible. Like, you just think about, like, even, like, who is your role model and how much diverse ability they have, whether they're in philanthropy, whether they're in political um, office, whether they are an athlete, whether they're a not necessarily celebrity, but someone of that stature where we have this role model aspect. And there's so many diverse outlets to them that it also gives the positivity role for younger generations too. Like you don't have to wake up every day um, and just go to school and go to work and then live your life. Like there's other avenues that you can explore. And that's what's so, I guess, great about moving forward with pushing creative boundaries Um, because no one wants to just quote unquote stay in their lane. Like it's cool to stay in your lane and master one thing, but I feel for me personally mastering something and being able to move on to something else is completely okay and it's completely amazing what I wanted to do when I grow you know when I was younger and what I want to do now is maybe in the same realm but for a lot of people is much different like if it were really up to me I would have studied law I would have studied like computer science because to me I want to be able to like learn something whereas style to me is like effortless to me I didn't have to go to school for that I just woke up one day and I was kind of good at that so like the things that God gives us rather than what we want to learn, I think really push us to be great people um, in whatever we want to do, which really helped me, I think. I would totally go back to school and like do <laughs> IT or like coding or like, I'm a dinosaur though. <laughs> I'm like such a dinosaur. Like I still use like paint and like keynote. I love that. Like for all my mood boards and like I have to like, I would call interns and be like, how do I export? And then they would send me back rendering. And I'm like, I don't have that. It's not an option. Right. They're like, what do you mean? And I was like, I'm on PowerPoint. <laughs> right. You kind of just want to study something that's so different from yeah. what you've been doing. Because you are totally. such a natural, naturally creative person that you want to do something that's like super technical to be out of the box. Yeah. yeah. And I think it like boosts kind of like, it boosts that I can not only accomplish something, but like you get, you know, a little certificate for it or like learning a new language. That's like my new thing. Like I've signed up to do like a bunch of different courses now where like you can, I think quarantine taught me that too, where I've signed up to like do, um, I'm taking an Italian class. I love that. To just like put it on my resume. I don't speak like fluent, but you can just like take an online class. Let's go. Let's hear something. Nah. <laughs> Buongiorno. Penso che tu molto bello. Like it's just like so cool to like do different things and like just get certified and then keep it moving. Like I, I think I that's what I love about like how I 
outside of body, like envision myself. I see myself as this like metamorphosis, like cycle where I can do something, I can master it, I can memory bank it and I can keep moving on. And that to me is like life. Life is about experience. Like it's about what else can you accomplish and like succeed in and what does success mean to you? And it's all about growth. It really is. Just pushing forward, expanding your mind, expanding your skill set. A hundred percent. Growth in all aspects. I love that. You're just spitting facts right now. Am I? Yeah. How has your life experience shaped you as a creative? Oh, Blair, (laughs) you would go this deep. Okay. Um, I mean, we don't have time for the life story, but um, I feel that... As you come into your purpose, you shine more light into becoming self. And so I guess everything that I guess I've had to overcome or the things that I currently deal with or the way that I deal with people and the way that our generation chooses to deal with things, um, whether we speak on it or not, is really valuable to who we are. And we take that trauma we take that anxiety we take that stress we take that insecurity and if we can mold that into being something that we were meant to do I think that is the biggest factor of it so living life to its purpose and living your full purpose is why everything that I've personally been through I've been able to overcome because there is the light at the end of the tunnel there is other ways to express or put all of these mental health issues that I personally deal with. I know friends deal with the coworkers, neighbors, everything else, people on Instagram that I'm just friends with that they also go through the same thing. Those are factors that boost you. They're factors that get you to becoming what you want to be, who you want to be, and how you set the example for being who else wants to follow in your path. There's layers to it. There's layers to everything. <laughs> We're all onions. Ooh! I forgot about that. That's a good like little... Okay. No, I got to take a note of that. I just got an idea. A mental note. You have the most epic style, like I mentioned before at the beginning of the podcast. What does personal style mean to you? I think personal style is creating a look where you can embody who you are. It doesn't matter if you choose to wear black all day. Um and every day for the rest of your life, as long as it's just embodying who you really are. Um, And that's just displaying yourself in your truest form, whether it's wearing the same outfit every day, or you create a uniform for yourself, whether it's a black shirt, black pant, the next day it's a black shirt, black skirt, whatever it is that can identify you as if no one knew who you were and you were showing up to the party and you had to be picked out. How would you be able to display yourself? Um, I think that's what personal style is for me. It's identifying through wardrobe or accessories or whatever, um, your identity. If you could describe your style in three words, which three words would you use? Ooh, only three? You could do more. Okay. (laughs) I just have so much. It's like, I would say eccentric. Um, complex and unapologetic, but I would add in like cozy and, um, vintage. Is that 
Can yeah. we use that? Love that. Five <laughs> words. Here we go. Those are great words to describe your style. I think so. Yeah. It's like a high and low. High and low. It's the overall experience. You're going to have to tell me which Goodwill you shop at. Because oh my God, I, I go to all of them. Because everyone that I've been to, I just never find anything. What? No. I think I just have to go like, with you. Well, you Listen, I love the Goodwill. Listen, the thing is, is that if you're going to thrift, you need to support the community. No matter what. I think that's also about, for me, I love to give back. So that's why I'm pushing into a new brand as uh, sustainability. It's like, what can we do with this? Like... I also did read um, during quarantine this like minimalist uh, book. I'm gonna send it to you. Okay. And it was basically it kind of changed my life, especially during quarantine. Like we just have all this stuff. So when you get stuck with stuff, if you're not using it, they say like within ten days, get rid of it. So I always thought about that with clothing. Like, okay, if I have this pair of pants, like I'm not wearing these pants anymore. What don't I like about them? Let's make them into shorts. Let's like turn it into a skirt. So I always kind of like utilize that with my closet. So when I would go to like Goodwill or I would donate, I kind of felt like I'm going to give this back and I'm going to take more. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I think it's about finding like the greatest things and then also being able to alter it or like tailor it to, you know, custom to who you are. Um, But definitely always give back to the community because they need us and they survive off of our foundation that we help build them. Please share some style tips that are like your go-to for our audience here. Okay. Like maybe some style tips that you live by. Oh, okay. So my go-to like Whole Foods run is like a good classic like sweatsuit with just like crazy accessories. Like if I know that I'm going to like, I have a rule, like you either have good face for women, you either do like good face skin, like freshen up, always a fresh dewy look and then messy hair and then like a sweatsuit is like the always go-to a big bag, accessories, toss on like a mule, like make it seem like you were out like from wherever from before and then just like that's a good go-to. I would say, again, always dress for mood. Even if you like feel at your worst, even if you do feel at your worst, wear the sweatsuit or wear like the hot dress to like Publix. Like (laughs) no one really cares. Also, I did hear that the hottest men do shop at Publix. Really? Yeah, that's what they say. We're about to pull up in a gown to Publix. I think you should. Um, I could definitely see you pulling up in like a full length gown, just picking up some salad. Yeah. Okay. So we were actually out for like a benefit one time for when I was in the mix in the basketball world and we had to stop on Publix on 17th of Biscayne. It was like a gala and I was so hungry. I literally had to go Blair into Publix on 17th and Biscayne in this like Marquesa, like vintage, like gown. And I was just like trotting through and I was like collecting like croquetas and like a salad and like hard boiled eggs. And everyone was like, what is this girl doing? <laughs> like I it looked like I ditched a wedding and I was like munchied out, but I've totally done it before. That's why I like, Think And I also love personal experience with style tipping, though. Like, I would say invest in good sneakers. Like, keep a good five, like, retro pair. Always, like, keep, like, one good Jordan 1, my top, or, like, a 1, a 4, or a 5. Keep, like, a good um, Air Force 1. And then just, like, collect a great, like, designer heel or boot. Like, that's a staple shoe and bag is always key for me. And then I always, like, Walmart sweatsuits are the best. And then just like a good like leather jacket, varsity jacket, something that seems like whole to you where you can 
reuse it a lot and travel with it also builds character to the garment which I feel like is so cool like I have this like racing jacket and I've used it on a client and I've been able to travel with it and then wear it in LA and just like there's so much memory that goes into like remembering how you wear something and then remixing it I'm all about a good remix like um vintage blazer with like tights I'm like a weird Walgreens like pantyhose like so weird like I'll go and like buy it on coupon and just collect and then like shred them and then just like a little slip dress and like hit the block with you like at Soho and you were like are you wearing pajamas and I'm like yes but I'm still here pajamas but make it fashion yes with like a croc right and what about accessories like is more is more for you? I'm like, oh, see, I love a good signature. Like I keep like, like here, I keep like chains and I love to like mix media, but I'm like 50-50. Sometimes I'm like all in and like my best friend Wilbert's like, don't do that. That looks bad. And then the next day he's like, put it all on. <laughs> and I'm like bangled out with like big Gucci glasses. And like, I have so many piercings. So I just like cuff everything on and then I'll wear like the basic, like, baggy jeans and like a beater and I'm like it's chic AF and then like a bag so I guess yeah I I love I'm a trinket person though like I love accessories like whether it's like super simple and chic or if you want to like go over the top and like hit it with like a whole look Mm -hmm. I'm super here for it I love that I'm gonna go buy everything that you just said (laughs) you are yeah I'm thinking well and the funny thing is, is like I'm I've just been, like, kind of um, introduced to, like, these apps. I was always kind of on them, but I never posted anything on them, like Depop and everything. It's, like, a great vortex, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I've sold, like, so much random stuff on Poshmark. Yeah. It's, like, the internet is so cool. Talk about sustainability. Like, exactly. Because all I have, like, I went through my closet, and Mm -hmm. I was, like, I need... I was watching the home edit on Netflix, and... Everyone is obsessed with this show. I literally watched, like, all of the episodes in two days. I was just binging hardcore, and I was, like, cleaning my closet out while I was watching it like a crazy person, and I was, like, I'm taking everything that I don't wear out. There was so much stuff in there from, like, years ago, and I either donated it to Lotus House, which I always donate to, or if it was, like, pretty good quality stuff that Mm -hmm. I barely used, I sold it on Poshmark, and, like, yeah, okay, cool. I only made, like, 40 bucks on the shoes but whatever it was 40 bucks more than anything else and then it it kind of is just like more in that sustainability realm of like I don't throw anything away I always give it to someone who maybe needs it like I could never throw anything like that away because I just it would kill me but um it's a cool way to either you know give it to someone in need or um take the 40 bucks from the shoes and go invest that in something else if you're like looking at a like a bag that you love like that goes towards the bag fund yeah (laughs) I love that I'm here for it I know I just like was my eyes were like brought it you know I'm not a tiktoker or whatever this all this stuff is so they told me about it and I was like what like yeah it's a marketplace you just sell all your stuff so I was like going ham one day and then I realized like there's so many different outlets and like different ways to post even the stuff you have like people put selfies so I was like oh let me just like put it in selfies and I realized I was selling more when I was like posting it with a look and like people would be like in my I I woke up one day like I barely have like a okay depop but I woke up one day and I had like a bunch of comments just on one photo and it was just like a bunch of like people being like 
this is so cool. How, how did you wear this? And I was like, okay, but do you want to buy the jacket? <laughs> I don't care if you don't want to buy the jacket, but like, then I, you know, I guess people like what they see. Totally. It's just like the best way to put it. Yeah. I love that. And I think also on Poshmark, what I've noticed from like the random people that I follow mm-hmm. that the ones who sell the most are the ones that are wearing the actual clothes. Yeah. Like, cause clothes on hanger look very different than totally. on body. So totally, totally. it just a tip for all of the Poshmarkers out there. If you're using Depop, like wear the clothing, upload a picture, you know, if, if there's something that you want to get rid of, I highly recommend looking into like local shelters or like Lotus House in totally. Miami. I is love a, Lotus House. It's a women's shelter for like mm-hmm. domestic abuse. And they have a, a thrift store where mm-hmm. basically you donate the clothing, they sell the clothes, and then that money funds that center, which I think is just amazing. So... I, I love that. It's one of my favorite houses. Same. Like, it's a great organization. I'm like here in religious with deno- with donating I love things. It. Like I every time I donate stuff, it's always to them mm-hmm. because I just I love the people that work there too, and I just feel like yeah. I'm actually making and they a have difference. So many great things. It's not just clothes and shoes. They have like furniture and art. They oh, have really? like the frames. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I have to check it out. Yeah, and like the little nook. Yeah, we'll do a thrift day one day. Oh, I love. <laughs> You're just gonna have to style my whole life. That's fine. So last and final question, I always ask podcast guests who live in Miami, the big question of if you only had one day left in Miami, what would you do from start to finish? Like, where would you go to breakfast? How would you spend your day all the way down to going to sleep? My jaw just dropped. (laughs) Blair. We come with the tough questions here. Okay. Well, I'm a, I'm a rise and shiner. So mm-hmm. like 6 a.m. I would wake up, go straight to the beach. I would say like um, South Point, uh, do a quick meditation, maybe walk, um, a coffee croqueta binge because I don't eat meat, but I mean F it because one last chance. So I would do like a Versailles moment. I would try and sneak into every thrift store Donate everything I had in my house um, back. I would stop at Lung Yai. I feel like I would do like more of like a ch- like a travel food thing than anything. Um, I would pick up my grandma, my abuela, and we would probably go to. Ooh, I don't know. I would take her probably to every arena and just like take selves. Um, Miami Heat, Miami Marlins, like Miami Dolphins. Like it's just like sport fanatic it up first even though none of them are still standing do i get the miami experience how i want it or however you want okay so i want to take it back like i want to go to the orange bowl i want to do all of that oh my god that's fine um and then i would do a family style friends giving dinner and lanyap and then where would you eat dinner Ooh. I don't know. I just... Lung Yai? No, that's lunch. Okay. That's like a quick like... In and out. Yeah, that's like a quick... Ooh, I don't know. This is hard. I. That's why I, I would have a host family style at like a lot area. I haven't decided where, but somewhere in Miami where I could just like host a bunch of people and then they are in charge of bringing their favorite Miami food and we just like family style. I love like, that. If you want... Latin cafe from like Komodo to like Blue Ribbon, wherever you want to bring that food truck. What's the little Jamaican spot on the corner? I forget this name. Anything you want. I think family style first. And then um, 
I would sleep in the house I grew up in. And yeah, I, yeah, I think that's it. I love it. I feel like that's not a good day. That is, that's a normal it, day that I do. But it means a lot to you, so that's all yeah, that matters. It's my last day. I mean, the best part is you picking your grandma up and you're just like going to every stadium. Yeah, no, we're, yeah, we're swooping her. <laughs> just swoop, swoop. Because I went to every... All of my first games were with her. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. That's Mi- perfect. Miami has good sports from the time <laughs> that we were in. From back then, yes. When, like, Big 3 was around. I know. Big 3 kind of was vibe. so good. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, like, stuck in 2015, 16. It's, it's fine. okay. Those were the best years. We'll progress. Yeah. Pre-quarantine. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, are there any last words? Any comments? Um, Questions, concerns? Shoot me a message. I'll be back on the gram. Um, Tell people where they can find you. Oh, yes. Yeah. So you can follow my journey at... Um, <laughs> Alexis Nicole on all social platforms, Instagram, um, I think Spotify too. Yeah, guys, you need to follow her on Spotify like first. <laughs> yeah, the playlists are fire. They're fire. They're I was so looking good. through my place. I'm like, what is this? This is so good. And I, I looked and it was under your name. I'm like, obviously. And it's just like so, they're just so unorchestrated. I forgot the name of the playlist. I have like random ones. It's like okay. Kawasaki and That's it's the like one. an That's indie. The one. It's like an indie Soho, like standard, yeah. like eclectic Spaniard vibe, right. Italian, like espresso like <laughs> counter. Yeah. It's sick. We are get, um, I'm going to find you like a year from now, just running into you in Italy, just speaking fluent Italian, drinking your espresso. Yeah. That's how you got to start the day. Um, but yeah, follow my journey, I guess. Alexis Nicole. I'll link and you. And then um, coming soon, Casa Kilos. Yes. Talk to me about what's next for you. Um, I decided to take my home and kind of mortar it to my brand, um, which is very true to who I am. It's very vintage, eclectic, 70s, 80s Miami. My house, you guys, still looks the exact same as it did then. Um, and I just kind of want to house, fashion, art, deco, media, um, vintage, repurpose, and then really, really focus on wellness, which I really think is important to our generation, people in Miami, um, and really pushing uh, the limit for talking openly about mental health and um, how we struggle with a lot of things and how we can push through and how we we can use the art and media foundations in Miami um, to better ourselves as uh, community leaders. I love that. Yeah. Everyone right. stay tuned <laughs> for Casa Kilos coming soon. I'll tag Alexa so you guys can follow her. Thank you guys so much for listening. I had so much fun with you. I had a blast. Tequila in hand. Let's Ooh, go. Yes. It's becoming a tradition oh, on yeah. this podcast. Somehow every episode we, we just... get you a tequila sponsor. Yeah. We just end up drinking tequila. Tonight we're drinking Casadores. Shout out to Bacardi. Keep it in the family. And, you know, we're just winging it. A little strawberry lemonade and... Topo Chico. (laughs) And Topo Chico. And we have our our signature cocktail here. Thank you guys for listening and stay tuned for a brand new episode dropping next Wednesday at 5 p.m.